You're listening to Comedy Central. Steph Curry is uh, about to break one of the like hardest records in the NBA, most three-pointers ever. I'm assuming it's scored, because otherwise that would be a weird record. Just like the most three-pointers that someone has tried. <laughs> Those should be cool records as well. They should have that. You tried a lot. I mean, you got none of them, but you really tried a lot. Most tries. No, he's gonna break the record. Uh, it was Ray Allen's record. And then Ray Allen, they asked him, what do you think? And he said, even if Steph Curry breaks it, I'm still the greatest. No, you're not. That's literally how records work. I'm sorry. You are one of the greatest, but you're not the greatest. That's literally how the record works. Yeah, so Steph has to shoot just two. He shoots one, and then he's tied, and then he shoots another one, and then he breaks the record. Yes. Unless he gets cursed and then never scores another three ever again. Like, I, maybe I should be the one to tell you, Americans, Steph Curry's broken basketball. He figured it out, and your sport is now broken. Yeah, this is why I like soccer. No one can break it. Basketball, broken. Steph Curry figured out that if you throw the ball, you can throw it over everybody, and then you just get the same points. Before that, people were like, you've got to, like, run and then fight people like Shaq. Imagine if you had been, like, fighting against Shaq all those years, and then you realize all along you could have just thrown the ball in. And Steph doesn't even do it from, like, the line, because they were like, this is the three-point line. Then he was like, but what if you just do it from, like, the other line? Then he was like, what if you just... Have you seen... Steph Curry does it from, like, not even on the court now. He does it from, like, the tunnel that comes through the court. At some point, Steph Curry's just gonna shoot this shit from home. That's what he's gonna do. Yeah, Steph Curry's gonna be the first work-at-home basketball player. It's gonna be, like, <laughs> the first step of the hybrid work in the, in the NBA. Be like, yeah, man, I remember when the game changed. Before that, we had to come into the, to the arena, man. You had to play games. And then Steph Curry came along, man, shit. And now, now, man, people, these throwing from home now, man. Yeah. Just be like one of the greatest players will be like someone who lives on like some random place. Like he lives in the Maldives. He just throws from there. Man, you can't guard that shit. You can't guard that shit. You gotta catch two planes just to guard him. Whole game has changed. You be telling your grandkids, back in my day in basketball, you had to be there to defend the player. They were there shooting in your face like a man. And now, nothing. You don't know when it's gonna come. The other day, I got, a, I got an envelope in the mail. I thought it was from your Nana. I opened it, it was a three-point shot. <laughs> we lost the game. <laughs> Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, text from Fox News. The year in scams. And Chelsea Handler. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah, and joining me for today's headlines is my good friend, Roy Wood Jr. What's going hey, on, Roy? what up, man? I'm just trying to find a karate class. My five-year-old taking karate, so that means I gotta learn karate, because the showdown is coming. I don't think that's how it works, Roy. I think you, you can just let him do karate. Which one of us has a child? You. Okay, so do you let me worry about the showdown that's looming with my child? Every child, at some point, challenges the father. That's how it goes. You've seen Star Wars. Well, good luck with that, Roy. Yeah. And good luck to your child. All right, let's jump right into today's headlines. We kick things off with Omicron the coronavirus variant named after disgraced CNN anchor Chris Cuomocron. It's now been three weeks since Omicron was discovered, which means scientists are starting to get a handle on exactly what we might be dealing with. 
This morning, the fast-spreading Omicron variant is adding fresh fears around the world. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is warning of a looming tidal wave of Omicron cases in the UK. Health officials here are saying that no other COVID variant has spread this fast, and they fear that in less than 36 hours, Omicron will become the dominant variant here in London. Already, it makes up 44% of cases in the city, and numbers are doubling every two to three days. The country of Norway is ramping up efforts to slow the spread of Omicron and a new approach to decreasing gatherings there. The prime minister announced the country is placing a ban on serving alcohol in bars and restaurants. The moratorium comes as the country is facing record high COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations. Wow, no drinking in Norway in the winter. I mean, at that point, you might as well die of COVID. Also, why are they keeping the bars open if you can't drink? Are there people out there who are like, I still enjoy the communal peanuts and shouty conversations and standing in someone else's pee while I pee. You know, there's more to a bar than just drinking, guys. But look, the point is, Omicron is spreading super fast, like way faster than any other variants. Like we hadn't even heard about it a few weeks ago, and now it's dominating the world. It's like the Olivia Rodrigo variants. And as it spreads, we're learning more about the effects of Omicron. In fact, the first large study was just released out of South Africa. Whoop, whoop. And it has good news and bad news. The bad news is even if you have two doses of the Pfizer vaccine, you only get 33% protection against infection from Omicron, right? The good news is if you do get Omicron, you're about 30% less likely to go to the hospital than with Delta. But the bad news is there was a hot single doctor at the hospital who could have been your soulmate and you'll never get to meet him. Yeah, the good news is he has a lot of student debt and that would have totally weighed on your relationship after a while. Sorry, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, yeah, if you're worried about catching Omicron, the good news is that a booster shot is actually very effective. It's really effective protection. In fact, we shouldn't even be calling it a booster at this point. We should just call it the third shot. You know, it seems like it's gonna be completely necessary. Calling it a booster makes it sound Optional, like someone's offering you a hot towel. Would you care for a booster shot? Yes. Yeah, what's with them hot towels? What's with them hot towels anyway, man? One minute it's hot and then like a second later it's cold. Right? It doesn't even feel like, it, it was felt nice for a second then it's gone. Like it's like, it's a nice warm hot towel and then it just turned into a cold rag. <laughs> you know, nobody want a rag. It's instant as well. Yeah, that's, that's, that's part of the problem with it. It's it, just like, it just it's, it's, like, it's like a thing, hot, but it's like it's too hot as well. Like they give it to you and you can't hold it. And then the next <laughs> second, it's freezing cold. <laughs> where did they heat this thing? How did they heat this? Like what temperature? I don't understand these towels at all. You know where they messed up with, the, with, this, with this booster shot also, dog, is that they like, they, they, they messed up calling the first shot the vaccine. We're supposed to be vaccine, done. They should have just called that medicine and then called this shot more medicine. Everybody, everybody like more medicine. Extra strength? More medicine. That's all you had to call it. Yeah. More medicine. And not market it. That's how you do it. You know why people was taking all that horse stuff and drinking the bleach? Word of mouth. Wasn't no commercials for it. Everybody want to be up on that new new. Nobody wants to shit. Stop, shit's stop up. Yeah. talking about the booster. to see how many people go get the booster. You just make it like a whisper, whisper campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I got that booster. Nah, there's no booster. Ain't no, I heard it was a booster. Nah, there's no booster. Man, let me get the booster. I know you got that booster. There's no booster, man. Stop hating, baby. Come on, man. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, don't, don't, don't. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a story that involves two of America's most violent sports, hockey and capitalism. 
Everyone knows that teachers in America are underpaid, but what's really crazy is that teachers often have to spend their own money to buy supplies for their classrooms, which is insane. I mean, every time you hear this in America, you realize how insane this is because no other job makes you do this. No one at McDonald's is ever like, oh, they won't fix the ice cream machine. I guess I'll have to bring my own ice cream from home. And if it's not depressing enough that teachers buy supplies for their students, one hockey team in South Dakota, well, they found a way to make it even worse. Time now for stories everyone's talking about this morning. We start in South Dakota. This blew up social media yesterday. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. People were angry. Yeah, and, and here's the video we're gonna show to you. A hockey team's event drawing some serious criticism. Take a look. All right, so here's what's going on. The Sioux Falls Stampede hockey team held a dash for cash competition Saturday. So these are 10 teachers crawling around on the ice, grabbing as much money as they can to buy classroom supplies. However, many found this wrong to have teachers fight for money. Some even compared it to the Netflix show Squid Game. Oh, come on, this is nothing like Squid Game. I mean, for starters, you don't need subtitles to realize how sad this is. And at least if you win Squid Game, you get to keep the money. These poor teachers are debasing themselves to pay for textbooks that don't even teach slavery. Like, this is the most depressing thing I've ever seen at a sporting event, aside from any game where the Jets are playing. Like, I get that they were trying to help out the local teachers who need money for their classrooms, but you realize they could have just given them the money, yeah? You didn't have to turn their need into our entertainment. Like, can you imagine if lifeguards made you do, like, the Dougie before they saved you, huh? Now you're there drowning and you're like, I mean, would that be funny? Yes, but it's not appropriate. And you know, this really highlights how America cares so little about education. I mean, its teachers are wrestling on the ground for dollar bills. Meanwhile, the defense budget of this country is over half a trillion dollars a year. And I'm not saying that defense contractors can't have that money, but they should at least have to wrestle around in jello for it and naked. I wanna see butts. It's a crazy story, too. Right? It's very crazy. It's like, why would you give teachers money for supplies at the end of the year? What? It's too late. Them kids are already flunked, man. They needed them supplies back in August. Why are you getting supplies to help kids? You ain't made an F. You can't bounce back from a December F. I don't know if you ever had a December F, but it's a wrap. Ain't nothing else you can do to save that kid. You just gotta tell them, see you next year. You can stay in the class for the rest of the year so you can be familiar with this shit next year. But once you got a December F, that's a waste of time. They should have them teachers out there on the ice back in August. It's an interesting point, Roy. I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's a fair point. It's a solid point, is it, what you meant to say. That, that is what I It's a solid point. Yeah, that is also, what I Also, they didn't offer them teachers a hot towel. That's the disrespectful part of it. They touching money, ugh. <laughs> Omicron out there. You just out there raw-dogging cash with your hands. <laughs> raw-dogging cash? You raw-dog cash? I've never thought of it like that, actually. We should hang out. We should, Roy. We should hang out. We should. You'd learn some shit. Yeah, I would. Okay. I definitely would. All right, let's move on now to our main story, which is about former President Donald Jussie Smollett Trump and his attempt last year to overturn the election, which, by the way, no judgment, no judgment at all. I mean, if you lost anything to Joe Biden, you'd also deny the shit out of it. An election, a foot race, an arm wrestling match. I mean, have you seen that guy? It's like losing to a soggy sponge. 
Hell, if Joe Biden beat me at rock, paper, scissors, I'd chop off both my hands and just be like, yeah, I never played this game. <laughs> now, one of the guys who has the most information about Trump's attempts to overthrow the election is his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. But as of a few weeks ago, he suddenly stopped talking. Lawmakers investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol have run out of patience with Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows made the decision to cooperate and then he made the decision to uncooperate. Uh, and as a result, we're gonna have to hold him in criminal contempt. The committee says they've got questions about documents Meadows has handed over, which shed light on what the Trump White House knew about the insurrection before it began. The committee is also interested in the weeks leading up to the insurrection and Meadows' involvement in efforts to undermine the election outcome. When presented with the idea of certain states sending alternate slates of electors to Congress, Meadows responded, I love it. Mm-mm. Get you a man who loves you the way Mark Meadows loves overthrowing democracy. See that? I love it. I love it. I mean, to be fair, though, I love it is also what you send when you want the other person to think you actually read through all their texts when you didn't. So maybe it was like that with Mark Meadows? I don't know. The fact is, though, it looks like Mark Meadows was very involved in Trump's plan to overturn the election. He pushed the Justice Department to investigate made-up voter fraud. He tried to block states from certifying their electors. And he even made Trump lick the Oval Office desk to claim dibs. And it definitely doesn't look good that he stopped cooperating with the investigation. I mean, I do get it, though. You know, he, he can't be disloyal to Trump because in Trump world, loyalty is everything. You take care of Trump, and Trump takes care of you. Unless you're John Bolton, or Jeff Sessions, or Rudy Giuliani, or Melania, or Michael Cohen, or anybody else he's ever known. It's called loyalty. But before he stopped cooperating, Meadows did hand over a lot of documents to the committee. And one thing they discovered were a bunch of frantic text messages that he got during the Capitol riots. And some of them, some of them came from Donald Trump's closest advisors. Fox entertainers frantically texted Mark Meadows as the Capitol riot was happening and urged him to get then-President Trump to stop it. In one text exchange, Hannity urged Meadows to tell Mr. Trump to, quote, make a statement and ask people to leave the Capitol. Brian Kilmeade saying, please get him, Trump, on TV, destroying everything you have accomplished. Laura Ingram writing, Mark, the president needs to tell the people in the Capitol to go home. This is hurting all of us. He is destroying his legacy. <laughs> oh, man, this is so amazing. Yeah, because you realize Fox News has spent the whole year acting like January 6th was nothing. Just nothing. It's just a, a few, you know, patriots just having their voices heard. But it turns out that in private, they were freaking out about it. Freaking out. This is like finding out the flight attendant who's been telling you that it's just a little turbulence is actually going back into the cockpit like, doesn't anybody know how to fly this thing? We're all gonna die! <laughs> On your left, you can see the Rocky Mountains. Really beautiful. Just please stay in your seat, folks. And I love that they were so concerned that this could ruin Trump's legacy. If he gets somebody killed today, no one will remember that time he told everyone to drink bleach. It's crazy that CNN fired Chris Cuomo because he was caught giving secret advice to a politician, his brother. But now, it turns out that basically everyone at Fox News was giving secret advice to President Trump and his people. But I mean, I guess that's what makes it okay, yeah? Like, if one person at your network has no integrity, that's a problem. But if nobody has integrity, 
That's a company policy. Fox News, we all wildin'. But the best part of this text dump is that it wasn't just Fox hosts who were freaking out about Trump's response to the riot. No, there were also texts from President Trump's oldest son and man who never has to worry about chin cancer, Don Jr. As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, he's got to condemn this shit ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough, Donald Trump Jr. texted. Donald Trump Jr. texted again and again, urging action by the president. Quote, we need an Oval Office address. He has to lead now. It has gone too far and gotten out of hand. Yeah. It appears that Don Jr. himself thought the insurrection had gone too far and had gotten out of hand, which suggests that he was okay with an insurrection that was a little more in control. Whoa, what's with all this violence? I kind of thought we could overthrow the government in like a cool, fun way, like Ocean's Eleven. Like we sneak in and steal democracy before anyone noticed. And we're all wearing cool suits and George Clooney is like, you guys are cool. And I'd be like, you're cool, George Clooney. Something like that. Now, clearly Don Jr.'s texts didn't work, which honestly, I'm kind of glad about. Like, because the only thing worse than an insurrection would have been having to thank Don Jr. for stopping an insurrection. Thank you for saving democracy, Don Jr. But still, seeing Don Jr. desperately trying to get a message to his own father, I mean, that tells you a lot about their relationship, right? And those, those aren't even the only texts that he sent Mark Meadows that day. In fact, a source has provided The Daily Show with additional texts. And I'm gonna read them to you right now. Later that day, Don Jr. texted Mark Meadows again, quote, hey man, just wanted to see if you passed those messages to my dad yet. And then quote, actually, it might be easier if you gave me my dad's number so I can text him directly? Question mark. Some time passed and then another text. Let me know about my dad's number, but no rush. I know shit is cray, lol. And finally that night, quote, come on man, at least give me his email. And then three prayer hands emojis. There was no response. So yes, the January 6th riot rocked America to its core. But even worse, it broke Don Jr.'s heart. Hilarious. All right, when we come back, We'll take a look at all the biggest scams of 2021. And Chelsea Handler is my guest, which means she's joining me on the show. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. 2021 is almost over. 
And I think we can all agree that compared to last year, it has been a perfect year. So for the rest of the month, we'll be remembering all of 2021's best moments in our year-end segment, a look back at 2021, the least bad year of the last two years. Tonight, Michael Costa takes a look at all the top scams of the year. A lot changed in 2021. The length of Kanye's name, the energy level of our president, my in-laws Hulu password. But one thing that didn't change is that people still fell for anything. You know how they say a sucker's born every minute? Well, this year there was more sucking going on than an orgy at the Dyson factory. Oof. Starting with one of the most ridiculous scams people fell for, NFTs otherwise known as non-fungible tokens. It's basically when you buy the rights to a piece of digital art. And hang on to your Apple wallets, they got pretty expensive. $200,000 for a LeBron James dunking clip, $600,000 for, I don't even know what that is in the middle, and, and millions for Jack Dorsey's first tweet. This image of digital toilet paper is worth $2,100. Yeah, 2100 bucks for digital toilet paper. I guess it'll come in handy when I have to take a dump in the metaverse. Sadly, gullible idiots spent millions on NFTs thinking they have actual value, when in reality they can become worthless at any time, which I found out the hard way when I sold my house to buy this NFT of a dog wearing pantyhose. What can I say? I love art. My next favorite scam of 2021 was the meme stock. All year long, people were pumping money into terrible businesses just because the internet thought it was cool. It was the financial equivalent of the Tide Pod challenge. And no stock was more memed than GameStop. Its stock had been declining in value for a long time because it's a store that tries to sell you video games that you can download at home. And if there's one thing gamers love, it's leaving their house, ever. But of course, like all meme stocks, this whole thing is just a big roller coaster ride. And the only question is, who's the sucker who's gonna be left holding the bag when the price crashes? Turns out it was me. I bought it all at the top. Not totally my fault. My cousin is a hedge fund manager and he assured me that this thing was foolproof. Anyway, he's living in Turks and Caicos now and I'm living in an airport, La Quinta. But let's move from Wall Street to Pennsylvania Avenue. Home of the scam that kicked off 2021 is somehow still going strong. It's the biggest lie since, no, oh, that fedora looks great on you. Trump's claims of voter fraud. He and the GOP convinced his supporters that Joe Biden stole the 2020 election, which led to the January 6th insurrection, AKA Q-Cella, Magapalooza, Whitestock. I mean, guys, come on. If the election had been rigged, we would know by now. Probably because Biden would have accidentally said it in a speech. The man has no filter. But instead, people were foolishly led to believe that they could actually stop the election from being certified. But the truth is that was never possible. Unfortunately, I only found that out after I got maced by Capitol Police inside Chuck Schumer's office. I got his mouse pad as a souvenir though. Still has some chicken salad stains on it. Anywho, as I said at my bail hearing, I deeply regret my participation. Let's move on to CRT or critical race theory. This was a big scam spread by right-wing culture warriors that suggested your kid's elementary school was teaching white kids that slavery was their fault. And some parents, <laughs> they bought it hook, line, and sinker. 
the Western culture and values that brought forth Christianity in the founding documents are being called evil and racist. Critical race theory is a Marxist philosophy and cancer. Just because I do not want critical race theory taught to my children in school does not mean that I'm a racist, damn it. CRT is evil. If I lived in this school zone or had a kid, I would pull him out of this school forever. <sighs> oh yeah, I forgot that I was part of that too. So I got got again. But the scam that best sums up 2021 is without a doubt, Ivermectin. It was the medicine for people who would take anything to prevent COVID, except for the free and effective vaccine that could prevent COVID. So some pretty twisted individuals took this opportunity to promote the idea that a veterinary grade horse dewormer could prevent and treat COVID. And people fell for it so bad that pet stores even started selling out of it, which really sucks for the horses. It's bad enough humans give them names like Daddy's Velvet and Smoky Midnight Blossom. Now people were taking all their medicine? Although, full disclosure, I did take some. But in my defense, it seemed like such a bad idea that it made me think maybe it wasn't a bad idea. That's how they get you sometimes. Anyway, long story short, I came down with something my vet is calling horse diarrhea. I don't know exactly what that means because that's the clinical term, but to be honest, I've never felt so worm-free in my entire life. So as we go into 2022, let's take with us the lessons we learned this year. Stay vigilant, be smart, and do your own research, but not in the crazy way. The only way to protect yourself from getting scammed is to... Oh. Holy shit, Bill Gates just emailed me, and he wants to send me some cash? I'm gonna be rich! Woo! Ha! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Thank you so much for that, Michael. All right, when we come back, the hilarious Chelsea Handler will be joining me right here in the studio. So don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is best-selling author and comedian, Chelsea Handler. She's here to talk about her vaccinated and horny stand-up tour and her recent Grammy nomination. Chelsea Handler, welcome to the show. Hi, Trevor, how are you? I'm, I've been better, but I'm good. I'm yeah. getting better every day. How are you? I'm doing well. I noticed that you got some, a new studio here. The last time I was here, we were somewhere else. Y yes, which means we weren't here, but yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it means. Anyway, congratulations on the upgrade. The um, green rooms were delightful. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's like a work in progress of life. And I feel like we're all in it right now. It's like nothing is back to normal. We're in the hybrid phase. And then, you know, we're going to get ready to go back to a different phase of life. And let's talk about you and your phases, though. People's Choice Award, congratulations. Oh my God, I beat you in the People's Choice Best Comedy Tour category. I was in the category? Yeah, you were nominated for a People's Choice Award, but then I won. Well, I wouldn't say congratulations had I known. I just oh. thought you won an award and oh, I was happy for you. Oh, I thought you. you were being a big boy about it. Good. I was gonna say, great, look at you. No. No, okay, well, no. let's take it back, you guys. Let's go back. <laughs> no, but for real, congratulations. Thank you, thanks. Um, and uh, congratulations, like for me, I think, you know, for all of us as comedians, the Grammy nomination, I mean, you know, this yeah. is your first one, right? First. No, I was in Hawaii with uh, Joe Coy and I woke up and I, yeah, this was definitely my first one. And I got a, a text from my agent and she said, you've been nominated for a Grammy award. And I was like, a Grammy for what? <laughs> I mean, the irony, I have yes. like no rhythm. Yes. I can't sing, I yes. can't dance. And so I was like, Joe, I've been nominated for a Grammy. He's like, you kidding me? So that's exciting, that's I feel like so all cool. all comedians have that feeling. It literally is a weird feeling because you don't think of the Grammys as including like stand-up in that way. Yeah. You do have the comedy album as well. And so, I mean, I, I was just happy for you because I feel like you've just, 
Chelsea, you've been making hits for a very long time. Like, you're a best-selling author, right? What is it, five or six books now? How many? Six, number six one books. New York Times best-selling books. I mean, but who am I, I mean, to brag? You, you know, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I just want to set the record straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you have, I mean, every TV show has been a hit. And now we're seeing the new Chelsea, the Chelsea in Love. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, right. People love it. They love to see me in love. Well, I think because for a long time, people have only seen you as like the horny Chelsea. I mean, like even <laughs> your truth, like vaccinated and horny. Like we know like that Chelsea's like, I'm drinking wine, I'm horny. And now this Chelsea's like, well, I'm, I'm in love. It's yeah, very different. I'm still horny, but more directed <laughs> at one person now than it's ever been. And yeah, it's really nice to see the reaction from people being so happy that I'm in love. Like I didn't realize how many people were rooting for me, you know? Like I want to give people women my age hope like you know if you don't settle for all these idiots out there the good one is gonna come and I mean for men and women alike you know and people who don't identify as either it's like when you set the standard for yourself yeah the, the tide rises I like and that. yeah I think I like that's that. true one thing I've always wanted though is like what it's like to date a comedian I I don't think I ever could because I don't know like what are the rules if you're dating a comedian then who gets the jokes? Because at some point you're having a conversation, a brilliant premise comes up, who gets it? Yeah, well, I mean, we're pretty good about sharing that, you know, and Joe is like, a, he's not your typical comedian. No, he's not. He's very, very bright and cheerful and it's infectious, you know? He keeps everybody kind of up, up. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot to handle, especially for me, because I'm such a sinister bitch. I'm like, what? And, but then after a while, it wears off on you. You're like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty happy too these days. So uh, we split the jokes, you know, like if he comes up with a, he sleeps with a CPAP machine on his face, for instance, because he's sleep apnea. So he sleeps oh, wow. with like this one of the, like the... contraption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I so... tried that. It was terrible. Oh, do you have sleep apnea? No, I just tried the machine. <laughs> it was just like a phase I was going through. <laughs> I was just like, let's see how this goes. <laughs> he sleeps with one of those on. And that's like, it's like when he puts that on, it's like he is going into a submarine for the rest of wow. the night. You know, it's out. Yes. See you later. Yes. I'll see you in the morning. Right. Yeah, and there's I, no, like, romance with those things. There's no, no interruption of anything. No, yes. no, no. It's like you're on life support the whole night and then wake yeah, up, yeah. he's trying not to die all night long. And then in the morning, he wakes up to this piece of work. <laughs> so I told him, you know, I was like, listen, he said something about the way I sleep. And I said, listen, I'm going to bed with an octopus every single night, so why don't you go? And he he uses that in his stand-up, you know. That, oh, I like that, okay. Because he talks about his sleep apnea. Apparently, everybody's got sleep apnea, and most people don't know about it. So all these wow. men out there, I understand it's a contraption and it's not hot. No, it's not. Not, but I mean, if I'm sitting there sleeping with it every night, I bet you there's a lot more women I out there. I think that's a, that's like the definition of love. That's like true love yeah. is if you can see pap at night with the person next to you. Yeah, that's Then you know test. it's love. Right, exactly. Yeah. You talk about everything in your stand-up. I've always envied that about you, to be honest. Like, I, I love how you just, you share everything in your life. You'll, you'll make jokes about it. You'll have fun with it. There's no barriers for you. I mean, you even joked about you wanting to have sex with Andrew Cuomo and then like dealing with like the him now being canceled and also just like being found guilty of things, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Like as Chelsea Handler, I'd love to know where you got that confidence just to do that. Like where did that come from? Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I have a lot of misplaced confidence. For a long time, I thought I could sing and dance until I tried out for the cheerleading squad and they tested me for scoliosis the next day. <laughs> so I have a lot of confidence in areas until somebody flashes a big red light and says, don't do it. The Andrew Cuomo thing was very funny because when that didn't work out with, you know, Andrew Cuomo, like he, nothing ever happened between us, but I had a big, you know, loud crush on him. My 
my sister's like, mom is cock blocking you from heaven. And I go, really? That's what you think mom is doing up in heaven, <laughs> cock blocking me? She's like, yeah, you need to be cock blocked by these people. And then, yeah, she's like, if you were with Andrew Cuomo, you would have never met Joe Coy. She's like, mom's at work up there. I like this. Um, you're on tour. It's still happening. You've won the award for it over me. Congratulations. Um, that sounded very you've got angry. got the Grammy. No, I'm not angry. angry. I'm just bitter. Bitter. I think I. It's it's the time of the tragedy has not passed yet for me. Oh right. Because I just found soon. out about it. You you sat down right. here. This was <laughs> like just... yeah. This is a horrible <laughs> time for me to find out. So we got the tour. Uh, you got the Grammy nomination. What are you looking forward to? Um, I've been really enjoying being on the road for this tour. It's been, a, it's so great to be a reason, as you well know, to bring people back together yeah. for the very first time, yeah. to remind people about togetherness and humanity and, you know, not focus on the politics of yeah. everything right, right now because I'm so exhausted by all of that too. Yeah, it's, I think everyone is. It's, yeah. yeah, everyone's sick of it. Yeah. Everyone's sick of me hearing talking about it and people are <laughs> sick of talking about it. So it's been nice to have like a celebratory fun, you know, making fun of all the behavior we all got up to during yes. COVID, yes. which was seriously embarrassing. I mean, I was Ooh, Windexing. You were embarrassed? I was Windexing my food, my takeout food oh, for about three months. You were one of those, Chelsea. So I didn't get COVID, wow. but I probably have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. It's always a pleasure having you. I think this is the fifth time I've had you on the show. Congratulations on love. Congratulations on all the success. And I uh, hope to see you again for the next one. Thanks. Thank, Thank you very you much. Thank you so much. All right, people. Tickets for Chelsea's Vaccinated and Horny Tour are available at ChelseaHandler.com. It won a People's Choice Award over me, so go and watch it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, our new Daily Show holiday merch has officially dropped. It's our happy belated holiday sweatshirt, the only gift that won't have you worried about supply chain issues. So if you want to check it out, scan the QR code or head to the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if Don Jr. asks, Donald Trump isn't here. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 